0: From the Saddle is brought to you by Hewitt Consulting and Communications, specialising in rural business and marketing design. Find them on Facebook and Instagram.
1: 48 years of rich history and Australian stock horse bloodlines. The Dolby Stock Horse Sale is the largest affiliated Australian stock horse sale in the nation. The Dolby Stock Horse Sale, and this episode is brought to you by the Ray White Rural Dolby and the Darling Downs Branch of the Australian Stock Horse Society. Find them on Facebook. I, have the I just need to take five and go away and recover. <laughs> Not even high pressure. I don't know the word to describe it. <laughs> From the saddle. I'm Caitlin Hewitt, and this is From the Saddle. At the age of 20, Damien Brennan sets off to America to chase his bronc-riding dream, explore his passion and discover what it's like to be a part of a whole other world. Setting goals and getting straight to the point, this small-town guy from Injun, Queensland, gives us a glimpse of being the Aussie rookie in the American rodeo industry. From the saddle. Good afternoon, Damien. Thank you so very much for joining us today on From the Saddle, mate. How does it feel back to be on Aussie soil?
0: Yeah, it feels pretty good. It was a long two years over there, so to be back in Australia and see me friends and family, it's yeah, it's pretty awesome.
1: Are you home for long, mate?
0: Um, yeah, not really. Like three months, I think I'll be home. I'll be go back in January, mid January. I'll get back over there.
1: Yeah, nice. So let's hear the Damien Brennan story that. You have lived so far. You are only 23 years of age, so you've got the world at your fingertips. But, mate, in your sights, you are chasing the, I guess, the Aussie dream in America, Bronx riding. Tell me how it all came about and how you landed over there.
0: So I probably started riding Bronx when I was 19, 18, or 19, um, I kind of come about that. My dad's a pickup man, and I kind of grew up around the rodeo scene a little bit and kind of went up north and got myself a bronc saddle and started getting on a few bucking horses, and then I kind of liked it and I wanted to take it pretty serious. So went to a few bronc riding schools. Actually, I think I went to a Cody Anglin bronc riding school and started getting on a few there, and then a good buddy of mine, Tom Webster, he kind of lives down the road from me. So I used to be at his house nearly every week. I'd be down there getting on practice horses or he'd come up home and we'd get on practice horses and then that's kind of where it started and I had another mate, Lockie Shepard, he was actually already in the States and um, he messaged me one day and said, there's a spot available if you get onto the coach, he might be keen to have you. And Yeah, sure enough, I sent some videos through and, yeah, got a scholarship to go to WTC in Snyder, Texas.
1: How old were you at this point?
0: I would have been 20 when I got over there.
1: How'd mum feel about this career choice?
0: Uh, She wasn't (laughs) quite sure what to think of it, but, yeah, she she was all for it in the end, like, you know, we got dreams, so she was like, go ahead and get after it and, yeah, do your best.
1: So, mate, 20 years of age, on a big jet plane, heading to America, did you have an expectation of what it would be like? What did you think would happen when you hit that tarmac?
0: I did not know what to expect, honestly, like, and I flew over there by myself. It was daunting, honestly, leaving the country for the first time or second time, I suppose. But, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And when I got there too, like, you're looking up and you're looking at all them pro rodeos and it's like, holy hell, am I ever going to get there? But, yeah, no, it, it was very daunting, that's for sure.
1: So on a scholarship, but where was home base? Like, what was all lined up for you?
0: So, yeah, I got a scholarship to go to college there in Snyder and um, they had a house lined up for me. And that's about it. And I'd just go to class every day. And we'd get on practice horses twice a week. And then um, I think we'd go to like ten college rodeos throughout the year.
1: Did you know anyone or did you have to make friends?
0: I knew Lockie Shepherd. That was about it. And I heard there was a few Aussies going over there at the same time, like Zeb Pierce and Lawson Stenhouse. And so I kinda knew of them boys, but yeah, I mainly just knew Lockie.
1: Yeah, right. Did you find yourself thinking this is Pretty surreal? Were you homesick? Were you throwing yourself at it? What were you doing?
0: I was just throwing myself on at it honestly. Like it's a pretty, pretty big opportunity that I got myself there. So when I got over there, I was just giving it all, getting on as many practice horses as possible and just taking it all in, what anyone had to t- tell me. And yeah, I was just trying to make the most of the opportunity that I had.
1: Do you think looking back, being 20, that was, you know, being so young and naive was a good thing?
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm kind of glad I went when I did like at 20. There's a lot of boys you see they get over there when they're 18 and, you know, you can do what you want. But I feel like even though twenty's still young, at least I had a few years in the workforce, kind of grew up a little bit and yeah. kind of knew what I really wanted. And um, being 20, went over there, was kind of a good time. And I actually... Come home for twelve months, I suppose, when COVID hit. So that even made me a lot more hungrier to get back over there in twenty twenty one.
1: So, mate, dad was a pickup man.
0: Yep. So he's been a pickup man ever since I was a little kid, from what I can remember. Um, and yeah, he's still going now. He's actually got more pickup jobs now than he ever did. So yeah, no, he normally picks up for Rick Knudsen, and he does a fair bit for Eddie Gill too. So no, he's busy. He's nearly on every weekend, but most weekends he's going somewhere.
1: So did you grow up behind the chutes? You were obviously surrounded by the rodeo mateship growing up.
0: Yeah, I used to get on them little Shetland ponies when I was a kid, I suppose, and get on a few potty calves. So, yeah, I've kind of been behind the back of the chutes for a little while.
1: Did you ever have an idol?
0: Um, yeah, I always thought Greg Hamilton, he was pretty cool. <laughs> He's a good old buddy now, but growing up, I always used to watch him, get you on know, Bronx. And, yeah, no, I always, for an Australian, I thought Daiso. Yeah, he was kind of looked up to him.
1: So, mate, does dad cast any advice to you? Does he sort of help you along the way or does he just sort of let you do your thing and, and let you find your own journey in the rodeo arena?
0: Um, he kind of just lets me do my own deal, but he's been a heap of support. Like all he says to me is don't come home yet. Just yeah, keep at it and get after it. And which is, which is nice to hear too, you know, like we got a place back home and some parents would be like, get back home and get to work. But he's all for it and he supports me. So he's been awesome.
1: Do you have any siblings?
0: Yep. So i got three older sisters.
1: Right. So paint me a picture of college at 20 years of age. Is it? exactly what we see on TV or or not?
0: Uh, Not quite. Uh, It's only a little community college. It's not like one of them big colleges, but it's kind of the same deal. You can just imagine what it's sort of like. You go to class during the week and a lot of alcohol gets drunk during the week probably if you don't keep on track. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's kind of what you see on TV at the same time.
1: So do you have any stipulations going over there on a scholarship? Is there anything that you've got to tick off and make sure you are them regularly or what are the conditions?
0: Um, you just have to pass all your classes and attend every college right here, pretty much, yeah, right. and that's it.
1: So what are you actually studying?
0: So I was studying like a welding degree, I suppose, and then last year I did a bit of petroleum and uh, like animal health. It's kind of easy, but yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Have you met any influential people over there? Is there anyone that's really sort of taken you under their wing or really sort of helped you and and you thought, goodness, like I I didn't actually think I'd be ever getting advice from this person?
0: I mean, yes, since especially this year just hanging out with all them top guys, I'd have to say Zeke Durson's been a pretty good one for me. He's kind of... Good mate of mine now, and he's he's a good guy to go talk to if you have having problems, you know, with your bronc riding. Like he's a very positive and upbeat person. And um, another one too is probably the coach, actually at Snyder Greg Rhodes. Like the mental side of things, mm-hmm. he's amazing. Like yeah, no, he was another big one that had a big part of me having success over there.
1: So the mental side of things, it's not so much the ability to be able to do it, but also factoring. Our mind and the role that that plays in it. Did you think that was a thing going over there, or is that something that has just clicked since you've you know you've met Greg?
0: Yeah, I'd never even thought about the mindset or anything like that. I just showed up on the weekend and got on my Bronx back home. But when I got over there, Greg started kind of coaching on us. That's all Greg'd ever talk about was mental, like just the mental side of it, putting everything in your system, and the one percent is like missing your workout and stuff like that you got to do your one percenters and then um just going down the road keeping a positive good attitude about you know about rodeo i suppose and and about you know if you if you stuff up a horse it's no big deal just get on to the next one kind Mm -hmm. of deal so you know he was a pretty influential kind of dude with the mental side of it
1: from the saddle Rural Dolby specialise in residential, rural and livestock sales marketing. The Darling Downs branch of the Australian Stock Horse Society is a non-profit organisation and together they host the largest affiliated Australian stock horse sale in the nation alongside an incentive camp draft program highlighting the quality pedigree, ability and performance of the Australian stock horse breed. The Dolby Stock Horse Sale. Follow them on Facebook. (laughs) From the saddle. From, from the So, Damien, do you think the rodeo industry over there is doing anything different that perhaps we could be taking on board here in Australia?
0: Yeah, I'm in so hard, but you're like, the money over there is just crazy. Like, they've obviously got so much money. Australia's doing their best and they're getting there. And- I mean, their bucking horses over there are crazy, like the genetics. But at the same deal, Australia is trying to get to that level. You know, Australia is trying their hardest to get get better stock and add more money. Yeah. That's all I'd say. What
1: about the crowds and the atmosphere and how does it differ?
0: Yeah. Like, for example, Houston and Calgary, that was, that was crazy. Like, there's thousands and thousands of people sitting in them grandstands. And, yeah, when you're stepping over your horse and you look up and there's it's just thousands of people looking down at you. It's pretty cool, pretty surreal, honestly.
1: So, because you're an Aussie, do they play on that? Do they love the fact that you're an Aussie?
0: Oh yeah, yep. Every time, every time I ride, they put that same old Aussie song on. Kind of sick of that song now, but no, it's it's good. They do play on it though.
1: So, when do you head back over?
0: January. I'm going to head back over for good for the year, but I'll go back in December and collect my Rookie of the Year award and then, yeah, come back to Chrissy, and then go back in January for good Well, right. for 12 months.
1: So Rookie of the Year, let's talk about that. Take me to that moment.
0: So it was kind of, yeah, obviously that was my one of my big goals this year and I had a pretty good lead all season and it was sort of coming down to the crunch and Statler, right, he was kind of creeping up on me. And, um, yeah, when I finally knew I had it won, it was – I just won the uh won a rodeo there in Oklahoma and I think I ended up having like ten thousand on him and the season was coming into an end and I knew I'd kinda of had him beat and then I started getting messages from people congratulating me there, and then I was like, Holy, oh, yeah, I've I've just done it and yeah, no, he was the best feeling in the world, honestly. I was pretty stoked. That's awesome. What did mum say? Yeah, you could imagine what mum <laughs> said. She rung up. <laughs> Hysterical. Yeah, no, she was very proud.
1: You just said you've gotta go back over and I guess claim your rookie title. What does that entail in exactly?
0: So as far as I know, we the sixth round at the NFR. Well, they take us out on like this chuck wagon, something like that. We just go out there and they present us our saddles and good pitches and whatnot. And then I think during the day too, they have this big lunch and. You get up and do speeches and all kinds of stuff. And I think Resistile, because when you win rookie of the year, you get sponsored by Resistile. So I'm, I'm sure we'll have to go meet up with them guys and do some kind of some kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's about it.
1: So Calgary. How many wins at Calgary?
0: So I got two round wins and then and I think I ended up like third and the fourth round. Yeah, didn't get the uh, short round horse I was looking for, but, yeah, I can't complain. It was still a pretty good run out of there. Won some money out of there, so it was all good.
1: So, mate, at the end of the season, how did you rank in the world? What number?
0: I ended up 17th in the world.
1: Does that blow your mind?
0: Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. It kind of does blow my mind a little bit. Obviously, I had my goals set there, but I set them and it's like, wow, that's like... That's a big goal, kind <laughs> of deal, you know, to get to the top fifteen. But didn't quite get there. But to end up seventeenth in the world, just coming from Injun, Queensland, to be able to get over there, my first years, it's pretty cool.
1: Absolutely. So you you took an interest in bronc riding from an early age, but did you ever try anything else?
0: Uh, no, that was it. Just saddle bronc. Got on a few steers and that, but I've never really did try and get on any bulls or bareback horses.
1: What do you think it was that drew you to Saddle Bronc?
0: Um, I don't know, really. I think just more just like the cowboy way of doing it. I feel like, you know, we all ride in stock saddles and my buddy, like Tommy Webster, he was riding bronx and he and my friends are riding Saddle bronx. And bareback, that just looks like it hurts your arms. I wasn't real keen on that <laughs> bareback ride. Yeah. And then bulls are big, scary things. I wasn't really, really impressed about getting on there, either.
1: Mate. To the 17-year-old that's wanting to do exactly what you've done, what would your advice be to them?
0: My advice would be know what you want, I feel like, and the biggest thing is set goals, like know where you want to be in 12 months, write it on a piece of paper at least, you know, and say, all right, I want to win my first pro rodeo or whatever it is and just set goals. Put it on a piece of paper and put it on the mirror and just look at it every day and... And then just get after it. Do the 1% as it's going to help you to get there. And you'll be surprised how far you'll come if you can put in the work.
1: Damien, let's talk horses. Your favourite horses that you've ridden. Is there any that you really sort of hold high regard for?
0: Yeah. I'd say Wild Cherry of Calgary. So that was probably one of my favourite ones. Um, it's one bucking horse of the year, I think, two or three times. And then... Xena Warrior 2, that was a pretty cool horse. And I still haven't got the chance to get on Lunatic from Hell. I really want to get on that <laughs> horse. I think it looks fun.
1: So is there ever a horse that you draw and you think, oh,
0: shit? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. At the tour finale the other day, actually, I got a re-ride and that was the only re-ride horse. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to get on this thing. And anyway, yeah, didn't go well. Didn't go well? <laughs>
1: Do you think you set yourself up for that though, as soon as you said, I don't want to get on this thing?
0: Uh, Maybe, but it's just a known piece of shit, honestly. (laughs) I don't think there's been a score above 69 on it.
1: At 23 years of age, I'm going to be honest that, you know, you, you fairly live in the moment and everything's pretty cruisy at 23. But as you sit and think about it, are there any experience that you think, I can't believe I got to do that and I never thought I'd get to do that?
0: Yeah, for sure, honestly. Just sitting down here now and you look back and kind of what you achieved, just in kind of like a short amount of time too. Yeah, it's crazy. Like if I look back four years ago and said I'd be sitting where I am like now and seeing what I've won and done, I wouldn't have pictured it, honestly.
1: Was there ever a moment over there that you thought, I think I can actually do this?
0: I kind of had that moment. I did my permit year. And there was a few deals there and I won a few pro rodeos there and I was riding against some really good guys. And then I was like, wow, I actually might be able to match it with these guys. And then right at the start of this year, I ended up making Houston short. round that's one of the major big winner rodeos. And that was kind of like the factor. I was like, all right, I'm not here just to ride anymore. I'm here to, you know, try and take their money and compete with them. That was probably the big factor.
1: Do you think it changed your mindset a little bit and your determination?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Even like just walking behind the back of the chutes, you kind of know you're meant to be there. Whereas beforehand, it was kind of like you still felt intimidated a little bit, I yeah. suppose you'd say. Yeah. But um, once I kind of did that, I realised I was meant to be there and I realised I could compete against them guys.
1: To the 20-year-old kid that's getting off the plane and is in your position that you were three years ago, do you find yourself being a bit mindful about their mindset and and what they're sort of feeling at that point or or
0: not? Yeah, no, for sure. Even a couple of them college kids that come over this year, I was always, you know, they'd always come up and ask questions and that and I always try and be positive and tell them kind of if they do the 1% as no one else is going to do to try and get there, you know, So I, you know, try and drill into them.
1: Is there anyone over your time that you've watched and you've thought that's what I want to be like?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, like, if I want to ride Bronx, I really want to ride Bronx like Sage Newman, and he's a good little guy too, but I can't really pinpoint one person, honestly, to say I want to be like someone.
1: You're ticking some fairly solid goals off right now. What's
0: next? Uh, My next goals for next year are: I want to be in the top five going into the NFR, and then obviously get that gold buckle. Be that become a world champion. That's the big, big one.
1: So let's say you're the world champion. What does Damian Brennan do now? Does he come home to Injun? Does he?
0: That's a very good question. (laughs) I don't even I don't even know how to answer that one myself. I just have to play it by ear. But, yeah, I think I love it over there, but I'm always going to come home. so home. Once, once I can get that ticked off the bucket list, I think it would be nearly time to come home.
1: I reckon Dad might agree. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I reckon really <laughs> he'd be happy with that.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. So, mate, any serious injuries or anything like that?
0: No, no serious injuries. I got a few stitches in my head one day, but that was about it.
1: Hmm. Very lucky.
0: Yeah, touch wood.
1: Well, Damien, we do thank you very much for your time today. It was a very short and brief chat, but, mate, an incredible journey so far, and we wish you all the very best, and we'll be following your journey to continue, hopefully, another conversation with you when you win that
0: world title. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thanks to our sponsors, Ray White Rural Dolby and the Darling Downs branch of the Australian Stock Horse Society.